Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Zach to the Future. I'm your co-host, Dashiell Driscoll, joined today by Bayside's father of the year, Mark Paul Gosler. Hello, Mark Paul. Hi, Dashiell. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm working on the intro. Now it's kind of like a Simpsons chalkboard thing, like it's going to maybe change each week. I thought, I thought that could be fun. That's a fun territory. Our audience loves fun. That's what I could, uh, that's what I could decipher from the uh, Twitter um, responses we get after each uh, episode. Yeah, they love fun and they love being correct. Two things that go hand in hand so often. Uh, today, Mark Paul, we'll be talking about the mamas and the papas. I'm, and I'm, I already know you did the homework. You're, you always do the homework. I have stopped asking. But we're talking about mamas and the papas. <laughs> yes, I did do the homework. But mamas and the papas, the title of the episode, not the band from Los Angeles. Yes, that's correct. So the episode is titled "Mamas and the Papas," named, of course, for the mamas and the papas. A a group from the 1960s responsible for the counterculture anthem, California Dreamin'. Uh, California Dreams, by the way, would be the name of Peter Engels' next show. I was going to bring that up, but you stole my thunder. Not only did I steal it, I just, I actually like, it, I woke up in a fever realizing I had not addressed that in my notes. <laughs> and the last thing I did <laughs> right before we started was say, oh God, I need to, I need to say where this title came from and how it directly relates to Peter Engel. So yeah, I, I, I'm look great minds think alike, but maybe, maybe ours do too, you know, maybe ours do too. Yeah. It's funny. Cause I, I was wondering why my Wikipedia page was uh, slowing down is because you and I were fighting over the, uh, over the bandwidth. Yeah. We were the only, trying- <laughs> only people accessing the mamas and the papas page on a Sunday morning. Although maybe not, maybe other people were California dreaming too. I didn't realize it, but Cass Elliott, she was the other um, singer in the in the quartet. Yes, yeah, Mama Cass. She, Something. Yeah, she, yeah I, she died at a very young age. I didn't realize it was 32 that she died. That's very young. I didn't realize they were only around for like four years. I, it, they're one of those bands, like, as a kid, when I learned the Beatles were really only around for like a decade, it, it kind of blew my mind. Like, I didn't realize the Mamas and the Papas for... You hear their songs in pretty much every movie about like Vietnam or like you you hear California Dreamin' and I didn't realize they put out, I think it was five albums. Again, we were both on Wikipedia minutes ago. 
uh, in the span of just four years. And see, I'm going to bring it all back to me because it's Please, yeah. my show. It's right. our show. No, it's your um, show. But, but I, 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 when I tell people that it's my podcast, but anyway, yeah. uh, I'm going to bring it all back to <laughs> us um, because Saved by the Bell was only around, the, the current version we're talking about was only around for four years. If huh. you don't count Miss Bliss and you yeah. don't count the college years, but we feel like we've been here, or the according to the audience, we've been around for many, many years and many, many uh, um, episodes. Yeah, I, that is. It's funny you do bring it back to you and the show, which is probably a good idea considering the podcast. Uh, yeah, I, I was also surprised when I went back to do my rewatching as an adult and saw there were only four proper seasons of Say by the Bell. Not including Miss Bliss. It felt like you guys were on longer. And I don't think most people, or at least I didn't know this, the new class was on for so much longer. Like when we had Bennett on last week, he was on for 140 plus episodes. I, I don't know if people understand how much TV that really is. <laughs> uh, massive. It, it's weird to think that the new class actually eclipsed you guys for for amount of episodes on the air. Well, I'm not really good at math, but if if I were, I could add up easily what 22 um, episodes, because that's generally the the typical run uh, of an episodic sitcom. Uh, you do 22 per season. So if they did 140 divided by 22, um, is 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 a big number. Let's call it a gentleman and- seven. Let's call it a gentleman <laughs> seven on a Sunday. <laughs> But not only that, California Dreams uh, was on for a few years. So yeah. was a, guy, uh, a a show called City Guys, which I I wasn't aware of, but that was on for I think three or four years. Peter Engel was a prolific uh, producer. He was working, and uh, I believe if I have the story right, and I might not, I didn't honestly get to this chapter in Peter Engel's book, but I believe California Dreams was an attempt on his part to say, look, if we could make a show that also makes music we could make some real dough in this town. <laughs> like if we have a show that is cranking out hits and the hits are shown to kids and the kids buy the albums, then like we could have a full machine top to bottom. And I think somewhere in California Dreams pretty quickly, they were like, we're going to abandon the whole music career thing. It's just kind of kind of be a Say by the Bell clone. Uh, and that's what it was for, you know, the run of series. Fascinating. But we're not talking about that show. Are we talking about that <laughs> show? No, we're not. I mean, we are, but we're not. We're here to talk about Saved by the Bell and specifically, uh, the Mamas and the Papas. Now, episode twelve. We have only four more to go after this four for more the first season. Really, I thought we were marching on into the twenties. I I was unaware. Listen, I'm going off of what Peacock and Hulu have on their oh. episode runs, and season one Sorry. of Say by the yeah. Bell, yeah, is no, I, sixteen episodes. I thought you meant episodes of us doing this podcast. I was confused. Oh, I didn't tell you. I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You're bailing. I, I knew it. Uh, I knew it. Well, you know. Like I'm so, not bailing. I, like, I'm, I'm here for the long haul. Yeah, like so many great fathers in this state, uh, just marching on out of this thing in the middle. Uh, well, Mark Paul, I know you did the homework, but in case you didn't at home, uh, let's just dive on into the summary, if, if that's cool with you. Please do. Okay. It's pretend student marriage week for a class at Bayside. Zach's excited to be fake married to Kelly, Jesse and Slater are constantly fighting, and Lisa's fake marriage to Screech is annulled when she becomes physically allergic. So Belding assigns Lisa and Screech to be children to Jesse Slater and Zach Kelly, respectively. Slater plots with Screech to break up Zach and Kelly for a date with his fake daughter, Lisa. The girls find out. Jesse and Slater concede their fake marriage wouldn't work. 
Zach and Kelly decide to give their fake marriage another shot. The end. That's the episode. And just like that, it's Act 1 at Payside. There's some interesting um, on-screen title work in this episode. Yeah, they're called Chirons. Yeah, some lower, you know, some lower thirds, if you will, if you're if you're working at CNN. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like, I, <laughs> what were your thoughts on these, Mark Paul? The kind of setting up the little segments of the the thing. Uh, I was I, I, again. I feel that we're trying to find who we are as a show. Right? We do these pop-ups, we do these uh, dream sequences, and now there's Chirons. Each episode seems like they're they're just searching for what will stick. Uh, and I was going to ask you, um, you know, seasons two, three, and four, do we go back to these things? Do we do we see more Chirons? Do we see more pop-up bubbles? Um, you know, do we see teachers with uh, uh, the, the, the teeth uh, glimmering from their smile? Do we see those things? Yes, yeah, some of what you mentioned, yes, like kind of the cartoony little pop-up elements for they they will certainly be back. Uh but I was racking my brain and again, folks out there on the internet just please let me know how wrong I was. I don't remember seeing seeing Chirons like this again and it it just felt like such a weird um you're right, they're kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, which by the way, is a pretty apt metaphor for being in high school, but and finding yourself uh so is this show. But yeah, no, I, I I don't think you guys went back to this well again. But again, with like our interview with Bennett Tremor um, last week, he he was saying that a lot of things that Stephen did, uh, Stephen, I, that's my other showrunner, uh, Stephen Bochco, uh, a lot of things that Peter Ingle did, sorry, um, was it it didn't have to ha- it didn't have to be logical. Uh, it just whatever moved the story along and made it clearer and you know, in a, in a, in a fashion that just kept it rolling. Yeah, it definitely does like set it. I mean, you, if you had any questions about what this is, they're, they're gone pretty quickly when you read like the marriage. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, I guess it did, it did keep it moving. Although I will say just noting again, Bennett's interview, uh, from last week that no scene would be longer than three pages and it, things kind of had to keep moving at a snappy pace for whatever reason, these, it almost felt like a bottle episode where you're kind of like in the classroom with them for so much. And the the classroom scenes really, for me at least, for Say by the Bell anyways, felt like they kind of dragged because you were like juggling three stories. I don't know if you had a similar... You know, uh, I, I'm just going to... This this episode for me is Dashiell stealing my thunder. Oh, I, I, have in my, <laughs> I have in my notes that this felt like a bottle episode. We have way less uh, background. Um, the sets are confined to the classroom, a bathroom... And uh, Lisa Turtle's um, bedroom and the Max. You do get a big finish at the Max. Um, oh right, 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 yeah. and the Max. But, but, but with no extras though, there like there, there was no background. There were no classmates. Uh, it seems that this social science project was limited only to the gang, um, and everyone else has to sort of sit yeah. in the background <laughs> while we uh, we conduct this uh, this project. Well, you guys have um, full blown marriages in front of them, like with complete children and dist- like it's like yeah, I, I that. That is really funny. Like, does anyone You're jumping else- ahead. Okay, You're we're jumping, jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. We're jumping ahead. Uh, Some people may not understand that we or, or, or realize that we have um, that we do have uh, babies and 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 we're gonna and we're gonna fuck right on screen. 
Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. basically what I took from it is that yeah. uh, Zach is just ready to, as he says, tackle <laughs> the homework. His whole his whole mission in this episode is just to fuck Kelly, basically. Yeah, it's, oh, well, I'm glad you said it. And, you know, uh, we learned last week that, that Franco had to cut a minute 30 from every episode. So in this case, the minute 30 that's missing from syndication is obviously penetrative sex on screen on a Saturday morning. And, you know, there was a different time in the 90s, uh, but we're, we unfortunately don't have that on Hulu or Peacock, wherever you may be watching. And we're in, the, <laughs> and we're at, we're in class. So right away, I would like to point out my hair doesn't uh, track with the, the previous episode. Right. Um, this feels more in line with uh, Screech's Woman. Or no, mm-hmm. not Screech's Woman. What, what was that episode where my hair looked like cotton candy? Beauty and the Screech. Ah, Beauty and the Screech. How that, can I forget? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, That's and the then, premise uh, yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, this podcast this, uh, could be called How Could I Forget? <laughs> <laughs> but my hair, I just it really bothers me. Watching this episode, I just could not get past. Like, why did I not have any friends? Like, could somebody just not tell me that this isn't working? Um, there's so many things going on that I had a hard time watching this episode solely for the fact that my hair looks like that, um, but I, I digress. Uh, I kind of like that it work. was like a little messy sometimes. I thought that was like like I feel like you, especially at the end. Maybe it was like a product of you being a disheveled, <laughs> almost divorced man. But your like hair is kind of like poofed, like like it's like tossed a little bit. If that makes sense. Whereas, well, I, I chalk it up to you know the wardrobe changes. Well, we would have quick wardrobe changes because the audience was there, so. We would, uh, from scene to scene or day to day, you know, depending on what day it was, we'd change in the back in these little dressing rooms, and and so sometimes maybe the you know the hair uh, or makeup artist wouldn't notice that something was out of place, and, and that was only caused from putting a shirt over my head. And this particular shirt that I'm wearing to get that over my head probably had to be a bit of a chore. Um, but this watermelon colored shirt, uh, I'd like <laughs> to have that actually. I wonder if I can get that on Stitch Fix. I like Zach. I, I like Zach's shirts. I really, I, I've, I've grown fond of that particular character, Zach's shirts. But I think in this episode, if I, I, I hadn't hit a growth spurt yet, um, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of tiny compared to, uh, to, to uh, Elizabeth Berkeley and, and Mario, who were a year older than me, and you know, in teenage years, it's that's a gap, yeah. huge gap. Also, Kelly's hair has so much height. She almost looks taller than you by by saying like there's a there's like a whole half of Kelly's head worth of hair on top of her head. Uh, it's yeah, pretty. There's a lot of impressive. '80s hair going on here. Right. Yeah. You know the the new decade always starts a little late, so we're still living in the '80s right now. I guess it was '89. We are living in the '80s right now. Um, and it's also worth noting, real quick, state the obvious. This and this assignment is insanity. This assignment for children makes. I, the only someone pointed this out on Twitter because I said it last week. They do this, I guess, in Greece too. They get like fake married, so maybe this episode ripped off Greece too. Um, but I, it feels so weird to me to tell students like try marriage for. I, I, I don't know. I just could not wrap my head around it. Do you remember growing up uh, having home economics? Are you of that generation? No. So I never like I knew about home economics largely from film and television. Uh, you know, like I knew about it as, as something that existed, but it did not exist uh, for my personal run of high school. So my few months that I was in high school back, uh, 
in the early 90s um, before the teachers got tired of having to uh, send me work. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> that's another story. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, because I went to a public school. I, 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 I don't blame them. Um, I blame the system, but, uh, but the few months that I was there in, uh, in school, I was part of shop where the boys went to shop because, you know, we were going to work on cars and make home repairs and girls were assigned to home economics because they were going to become homemakers and raise families. But obviously that didn't translate to your generation for obvious reasons. Yeah. Not the most, uh, progressive curriculum. No, but it it um, I, I I went into a dive on the internet because uh, that's what you do when you have questions. Um, but it's it's a it's it's now called instead of home economics, I believe it's now called family and consumer sciences. And I think it's uh, I think there are some important elements to it that um, that kids could benefit from. I know that my kids could benefit from from a, a class like that. Yeah, I mean, I would certainly think most kids should learn stuff like how to pay bills and taxes on time or uh i don't know sewing in a jam i think both any anyone from any gender or sex could benefit from learning how to sew very quickly uh should you need to patch something up so sure why not i mean uh or learn how to fix about, a car how about folding a fitted sheet do you know how to do that no i don't because i only own one set of sheets so once that fitted sheet is out of the dryer it is going directly on the bed all right, um, I'm 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 gonna find out what kind of person you are. Uh, how often does this one pair of sheets get, cha- get when- changed? Wednesdays. I know the answer to that. It gets changed on Wednesdays, so once a okay. week. Uh, I'm a weekly sheet washer, especially in quarantine. Quarantine made me look forward to every milestone every week has to offer. So a weekly sheet washer. Okay. Are you a how many times a day shower person? Are you? And that's okay. We don't have to worry about the environment or or the fact that we're in a drought. You can tell me the truth. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the truth. I am a once a day guy, but there will be times in there where I'll just take like a solid seven minutes just to like reflect on everything. You know, just, just is think it a about- morning shower or a evening shower? You know, it really depends. If I'm if I'm a working man, it's in the morning. Uh, if I'm just living by my own schedule, uh, it can really depend. It's probably, I like, sometimes afternoon. Sometimes I'll, like, I'll let it ride till the afternoon and then then shower. Obviously, so if there's any take, kind of, like, if there's, like, some take, kind of, like, physical activity, like a workout or something, that I will save the shower for post-workout. So you'll work all day and then just hop right into bed, not washing all the, uh, you know, the, 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 the day off of you, as they say? Well, when you put it like that, I guess I do. Yeah, I, I will. I will like start the day with a shower, and then, but what? But like work all day. What do you like? What do you think is going on in a writer's room? Do you think we're like working up a sweat, lifting all these these jokes and bits up over our head? <laughs> it's mostly just sitting no, in a chair. Uh, no, I know, but it's just interesting. It's like just being out. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just uh, your, your you're calling me. You're calling me unclean. You're calling me unclean. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. sometimes double up on the showers, but I do. I do feel I think you should. I think you should double okay. up on the showers, by the way. Okay. Well, thank you. I will I will take that note. Uh the only Listen, way. Listen, we 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 got you uh hooked on the tushy. I'm gonna start getting you hooked and taking a shower before you go to bed. You're gonna feel amazing. You're gonna sleep better. Uh your sheets are gonna thank you. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, I will I will take this into deep consideration uh and 
think of you and still take still yeah. take a shower in the morning because I I, I think that that is um, uh, a, a gift for your coworkers and for your girlfriend. <laughs> Um, Thank you. Thank you, my but, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> See, these are the things that I think we're missing in family and consumer sciences, right. uh, a.k.a. Uh, you know, home economics. Yeah. Um, do you know how to cook eggs, for instance? Oh, yeah. I'm actually like a masterful egg cook. That's the, that's the real truth. And I've only recently, again, shout outs to quarantine, uh, in this last year, like mastered poaching an egg, something that had eluded me and been kind of the final egg frontier for me. But yeah, I'm, I'm a... I know how to cook an egg of all kinds, including poaching. So yeah, see, I, I have a friend, and he was supposed to be on the show today, um, but he was busy. Hmm. Uh, but my friend Brecken, so ah. Brecken, um, I think he would have benefited from something like a home economics class. I'm not sure that he uh, w- was able to take that course in Beverly Hills High School where he went. I don't know what kind. Also, of, a public uh, school. You can, you know, in fact, I just said that. That's a public school, Beverly Hills High. It's a very nice public school, but it is a public school. I, I know. I just had to throw it out there because it's, yeah. yeah, it's Beverly Hills. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's Beverly Hills. It's Beverly Hills. But uh, uh, he had asked me. I think this is two years ago. So you know, we're 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 into our forties here. Sure. He had asked me how to defrost ground sh- turkey, hmm. um, and uh, we had a Did conversation about that. Did you say you put it on the radiator of your car? Did you give it to him straight? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have I have fucked with him in the past, uh, and but I did I I didn't uh, I didn't lob that I didn't hit that softball out of the uh, the park. Um, yeah. No, I told I told him the truth. But Brecken, you know, he 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 had a hard time doing a lot of things that you would you would uh, benefit from a, a class like uh, family and consumer sciences. But um, that's what I feel like this episode is just taking it to a, a whole nother level. Right. Um, obviously. A cartoonish, for, for, a cartoonish level with complete with like jerseys that they must have made in years past for this. Like I'm assuming the husband wife jerseys you guys are rocking, like they have been passed down through the generations of this class. Like this has been going on for, for many years. Those shirts that you that you're talking about, they they remind me of Thing One and Thing Two from the Dr. Seuss uh, story. Oh yeah, totally, totally, yeah. I no, I, I knew the Dr. Seuss story. <laughs> I knew the oh, one. I knew sorry. the one you were talking about. Uh, no, uh, it's also worth just um, noting as we talk about you know progress and things changing and culture changing and all that being good stuff. Uh, Jesse's views, like and her principles, really laid out here is very progressive and. No one can own any woman, and you know it's really setting up the the Jesse Spano character uh, as very clearly defined in Say by the Bell. And yet, Slater refers to Kelly as my Kelly. Yeah, and yeah. So. Well, then Zach does too. Like they both like <laughs> Zach's like yeah, what she said. Kelly's mine, not your. Yeah, they <laughs> seem to miss the gist of what she's trying to suggest that women aren't property. Uh, and we're at the max, and uh, yeah, we get we get that. So we had tackle the homework from Zach uh, in the last scene, and then we get like pretend honeymoon in this one. And he's talking about kissing. Like Zach is very very teenage horny over this like marriage assignment that he that I guess he thinks involves like real physical intimacy. Yeah, and it's interesting because I remember at this point in my life, I I was not very physically intimate with anyone. Sure. Uh, at, at this time, so it's very funny when I start um, 
you know, talking about things that I would do to a girl uh, <laughs> that I, I hadn't uh, even come close to doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, where, where Slater says uh, something that a, 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 a partner needs is great legs. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, it's like I a, had no idea what I was doing there. Yeah. It's like um, the Joker in Dark Knight or whatever. He's like a dog chasing a bus. He wouldn't, he wouldn't know what to do if he got it. It's like that, that <laughs> yeah. kind of, that kind of energy. <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, your, your, your pal Zach was a virgin at this point. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's, that's okay. Mark Paul. That's okay. Uh, and we also get the um, we get a kind of insight here into the Jesse Slater dynamic as they will later become a, a real couple of Bayside. Uh, Jesse calling they him will a, they will yeah. Uh, spoiler mm. alert: Jesse calling him a macho pig, which almost like if you made a Jesse Spano doll with a string in her back and pulled it, that would be like one of the catchphrases, certainly. And I think a catchphrase for Slater is "oink oink baby." Yeah, that's great. That's well, he's if you. Mario still loves that. If you, you know, you tune in to, uh, was it Access Hollywood Entertainment Tonight? It's one of those things. He is, Oink Oink Baby is his sign-off catchphrase. He loves it. That's not true. <laughs> That's not the case. Oh, did you hear that? It's a phone call from Mario. You've oh, just he's, been served. He's just, he's getting me fired from the, the 2020 reimagining. So I should probably just, <laughs> I should probably just watch what I say. <laughs> And we also get in the Max um, Screech emerging from a giant cake, which I just want to point out is not magic. Uh, that's not a magic trick. Like, of all the Ed Alonzo magic stuff, it's just a big old cardboard cake. You know, we really have to get Ed on this show because I, I feel you, you keep taking jabs at him over his magic. I, I'm going to let him know. We do have to get Ed on the show. Another man who could probably get me fired from the reboot just by, you know, requesting it. I would love to talk to him about his magic. He's he's a fascinating dude. I just think he could have done more. That's my that's my note, I guess. Like he could have really made Screech appear out of thin air. But again, do you think that was Ed's fault or the production's fault? Because again, we we talked about this being in a bottle episode. Yeah. And uh can you can you describe to our audience what a bottle episode is and why productions do bottle episodes, Dashwell? I can, yeah. This is going to be easier to answer than the questions about me showering. So <laughs> so a bottle episode is essentially an episode often done for budgetary reasons. Usually you spent a lot of money on some big set pieces or costumes or location changes. And a bottle episode is done uh, to contain an episode to one location and a small cast so you can kind of save the money that way. Uh, fans of Breaking Bad, we've talked about that show a couple times on the podcast. Uh, if you think about the episode The Fly, where Jesse and Walt are trapped in the lab trying to get rid of a pesky fly, that is a textbook bottle episode. It's one location, two characters, uh, save some money, because boy, did they burn some cash in that season. So that's a bottle episode. So circling back to Ed, yeah, maybe his magic... Right, uh, you know, faltered because of the 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 budget. Uh, I would have you know, loved to could... be there with Franco and Ed when when Ed is laying out all these like crazy magic tricks, and Franco's like, "Best I can do is a cake made of cardboard." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're in uh we're in Lisa's room. Fun workout outfit. Gonna say it. What a fun workout outfit that Lisa has. Very eighties, and uh, you know, Screech joins and. We kind of very quickly get the setup that Screech is moving in, and uh, 
Lisa is having no part of that. Is this Lisa Turtle's bedroom from the previous episodes? Yeah, I think I think that looks like the one from the Lisa card. It, it appears to be the same wallpaper, and uh, yeah, I think so. And then we get a uh, we dive pretty quickly into a fuzzy pink fantasy, uh, which is Lisa's dream, really more like Lisa's nightmare about being married to Screech. And the doll. Can we talk about the doll? Yeah, we sure can. So we love doll talk around here. We love to talk about other TV shows and also dolls. That's kind of what we do on this podcast. And yeah, there's a real creepy doll on Lisa's bed. Like I, I just don't, I would love to go back to 1989 and ask very, I mean, no, this is going to sound bad. Ask various teens about their dolls. Uh, no, I'd love to go back to 1989 and like just check around a little bit because this show would have you believe every teenage girl had like multiple large dolls uh, around all the time. And why is Lisa Turtle's doll white? Not only white, like uber white, like blonde, pale, with blue eyes, white, spooky Halloween time, like like small child in a dream, white. Yeah, I don't know. Other than I would say to better match. Screech's skin tones when they do that. That pretty cool special effect. I will say the special effect is cool to have Screech in the little like Raggedy Ann wig, uh, you know, pale Raggedy Ann um, in the doll's face. I thought that was a fun little effect in the, the nightmare sequence. Yeah, I just, it, it bothered me that she had a white doll. Hmm. It, 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 I, I feel like we, we, for the sake of a gag, uh, other things were were tossed aside, and and the the fact that there's a white man uh, on on a bicycle uh, ripped, by the way, yeah, um, oh, it's shredded, <laughs> shredded is is on her closet door, and I just thought like, oh, that, that's interesting. A, an African American girl is not going to have that poster and that doll in her room. Yeah, well, just looping back on progress and things changing, I would imagine like I think skin tone representation in dolls and toys for kids in general has like come a long way since 1989 so you know maybe maybe the sad backstory is like there were only white dolls in the store just to bring okay, it on let's back go to with a, that just to bring it <laughs> on back to a sad place <laughs> let's go with that theory yeah yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go with that one um yeah and we get her you know her zany dream sequence and screech's face in the mirror and uh you know on the poster it's it's fun it's more it's more classic saved by the bell fuzzy pink fun and so as as Lisa emerges from her nightmare, um, she's she's twitching, and I I thought I thought Lark's twitch acting was fun, and I kind of wish like they kept this around in series. Whenever Screech would like get too close to her or like irritate her, especially, I wish that was a a recurring character bit that Lisa was actually allergic to Screech. I thought that would be very fun to have. No, I really appreciated Lark's. Uh, uh, yeah, take on 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 that and and the and the twitch and she carries it over into the next uh, scene um, in the uh, Bayside classroom where we get the Chiron. The honeymoon's over. Yeah, with a little you, jingle. Yeah, it's it's it is like <laughs> I wonder why they abandoned the Chiron thing. Maybe they were just like it. It only makes sense for the the very strange wedding episode. We also in this scene get um. Some like downright troubling views from AC Slater about marriage and women and the roles men and women play. Uh, you know, move it into the kitchen and all that. It's a 
it's a little it's 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 like tough to swallow is like like who who taught Slater this <laughs> his dad seemed kind of nice like where is this coming from we've progressed Dashwell. that's yeah. all i can say yeah and thank and thank goodness but we're missing a lot of the background artists that we we've come to love and enjoy seeing in the background there's only six or so uh in this episode yeah, there was no a, Yuri Henley, no twins. I was gonna say there's no a sea surfer story. dude. Yeah, Yuri marries both the twins, but they had to cut it for a minute thirty of time. <laughs> I would have loved to see that. <laughs> Show me that that episode. Also, Lisa gets like a big old laugh at Lisa no in casa. Big audience laugh at her like fake huge fake Spanish accent. Uh not Spanish. And she hits it out of the park and keeps that face, the straight face, like yeah. a champ. Yeah. If you look in the background, though, it looks like Elizabeth Berkeley and the and the other background artists are about to laugh uh, over that. I mean, it got a huge response. It is very, it was very funny. She and and that that straight face is like sticking the landing on the joke for sure. Uh, a joke that can be easily botched uh, if you yourself laugh at it. Also. Screech taking um, Lisa Turtle's name. Yeah, I don't know if you're. I don't know if you're aware, but I play a character on an ABC show called Mixedish. Uh, there's a plug. Um, who he has uh, taken his wife's name. Huh. I was aware you do play a character on an ABC show Mixedish, but was not aware because <laughs> <laughs> I because I actually as we're on the Zoom call, there's a Mixedish poster behind you. So I, uh, but I was not aware that you took your your wife's last name in the show. That's that's a fun little crossover fact for sure. And you know Zach using this uh this situation with Kelly to just kind of like <laughs> just make another movie. It's it, it's almost like Looney Tunes or something like the. Like it, it, it just feels like, yeah, it like feels it's like the uh, Pepe Le Pew, another character who has certainly not aged well. Uh, but yeah, it is like Pepe Le Pew or something where you're just like, yeah, pulling her in for kisses. And like, it is again, another reason you would not have this assignment in a classroom, something that is like so clearly <laughs> like charged with underlying sexual energy of marriage. And there's Zach Morris applying a wrist lock to Kelly just so that he can kiss her. Hmm. Oh, you're saying that's like a tactical move. <laughs> I, I've watched this. I, I don't quite understand which way her hand is bending. Oh my right God. There. Yeah. It's like an alien. Wait. Oh my God. Right? Brecken, Brecken's alien theory actually, like, yeah, because her the joints are, should, a hand should go the other way. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to do it now. It's actually, the angle is, is hard to hit. It's very hard to hit. I mean, I, I've watched this scene a few times and I don't quite understand how she's able to manipulate that joint like that. Hmm. Um, but I'm using it in, as a wrist lock so that she will kiss me. Okay. That's my theory. That's your theory. Watch, watch her hand. I had it. Like, why would she give me her hand like that? Look, look. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that's, that's all wrong. That's not I, the, the the audible reaction from both of us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. How did how did I take that hand? Yeah, like you, that? you like you were to to for those listening who aren't going to go back and watch the tape. It was like Kelly gave Zach the back of her hand, but backwards. It makes it it truly baffles the mind to to see. Yeah, that's that's very that's not like to go back to Brecken's alien theory. It's not what a human would do. So it would lend credence to the idea she might be an alien. And it's act two, and uh, Belding has annulled the marriage because Lisa is physically allergic, which uh, I looked it up. You can be physically allergic to another person, but often it's stuff like their shampoo or their 
Like, like you're kind of allergic to something on them, generally more than just like their existence on planet Earth. Uh, but he's, he's assigned them now to be children to these couples. And usually they get a sack of flour, which I thought was so weird. Because like, like for a school that hands out $100 bills last week, they're just doling out. Like, I guess that's like the equivalent of a bottle episode. They spent all their money on the last student assignment. Now you get a fake sack of flour for a kid. Wasn't that one of the items during the pandemic that was uh, it was hard to find flour? Yeah, fl- like we all had these like lofty ambitions of like baking constantly and building puzzles and wiping our butts, and only one of those things came true. Uh, yeah, flour was like there was a run on flour. So instead of a sack of flour, yeah. Belding's plan is to give us teenagers. Yeah, and he already had the son and daughter jerseys like ready to go. So either there's like a jersey printing club in the halls of Bayside, which I would believe, or uh, they put the jerseys on the flower sacks. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he gives you guys the teens, and Screech right away says, what a hot mommy. Uh, I thought that was like, and Kelly's into it. <laughs> She's not like, Ugh, you're my kid, dude. Uh, I thought that was really funny. I like Slater's wardrobe. Oh, yeah. Slater is in this scene, worth noting, it's a rare combo of he's wearing a sleeveless shirt underneath a sleeveless shirt. Uh, you don't see that every day, folks. Oh, looking at this scene more, though, that uh, you said Screech had a jersey. That's not a jersey. It looks like a shirt. That um, Oh, it's like a shirt they just cut the, the sleeves off of kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So he plays Zach and Kelly's son, and yeah. Lisa Turtle plays Jesse and Slater's daughter. Again, just an insane assignment. Makes no sense. What are we learning here? Can someone please teach me how to do my taxes? Like like actual crazy shit to be going on inside of the school. And you get a scene in the bathroom with, with Slater and Screech, you know? They're going to wind up scheming together. Seems like a lot of scheming goes on in these bathrooms. But Slater comes into the, uh, the bathroom and he says to Screech, Screech, what are you doing with that tube of toothpaste? It's like, duh, I'm writing Lisa on a mirror. Yeah, for Peter Engel's no baby steps rule, uh, that seems like a pretty big old baby step. <laughs> I think he's, it's clear as day. what the, He could have said like, hey, Screech, why are you doing that with that toothpaste? You know? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Quick, quick little fix in the room. We could, have, we could have not been talking about it 30 years later. I believe this is the first time that uh, Slater is called Dimples, no? Yeah, I think so. So that was definitely a joke written for Mario. Um, yeah, I think that is like the first time they've really pointed out uh, the obvious that he's got some real dimples. We also get kind of like a, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but the physics of Screech emerging from the top of one bathroom stall and exiting through the other. It's kind of, you know, like a, just like some fun cartoony magic stuff. And uh, we talked last week about kind of shuffling the deck and it's important to make, to team certain characters up and pit them against each other. And, you know, this is a dynamic that emerges from time to time of Slater and Screech teaming up to, especially early on, to kind of get the drop on Zach for Slater's benefit. Slater looks like a high schooler compared to <laughs> Dustin standing next to him in the scene. I don't know. It feels kind of like a Goldilocks situation where like one is certainly too old, one is way too young, and there's got to be some kind of just right somewhere in the middle. But yeah, Dustin does look like a child, especially standing next to, to teenage Mario. And, you know... Their plan works, right? I mean, Screech becomes like a petulant teenager, which, Mark Paul, you've, you have teens. Uh, how, how accurate to source would you say it is that a 
to what Belding says, a teen can be annoying one minute and a perfect angel the next. Ah, they're just always annoying. Okay, that's not the way I thought that was going to (laughs) go. I thought I was just throwing a softball right down the middle. Uh, But that's okay. Uh, Good. We appreciate the honesty here on uh, Zach to the Future. No, I I mean, here's here's the honest truth. I wouldn't know. I mean, my my the kids are in their bedrooms uh, a lot of the time. I've I've talked to other parents, and it's just hard to get them out of their rooms, uh, off their phones. Yeah. Um, there's just so many ways for them to connect nowadays, um, you know, that they don't have really a need to be, uh, to have some sort of contact outside of the room. Um, so getting to have a conversation with my son, with my older daughter, uh, is a real treat sometimes. Um, Hmm. and you just, you, you, you take what you, what you get, you could force them and, uh, you know, say you're coming with me to go do this or let's go do that. Um, but, uh, a lot of the times it just, they just want to be in their rooms, uh, and, and, and connect with their friends by their devices. Yeah. I guess that's, that's true of my own, um, teenage experience, although there were substantially less ways to connect. Uh, but yeah, I would imagine now, like I, uh, uh I was reading an interview with someone, another TV show that we're not talking about now, the cast of Pen15, uh, on Hulu, uh, young kids, they were kind of saying they didn't understand. They portray children in the 90s, and they were like, what did 90s kids even do in their rooms? Uh, their, their video games weren't connected to the internet. Like, how did they, how did they exist in there? Yeah, I, I was a product of that. I mean, I played, I played video games in the 90s, but I'd have to go over to my friend's house to play. Yeah, um, you have to sit next you know, to your friend and play the game. You'd have to, exactly. Yeah. You'd have split screen. Yeah. Or if you were really fancy, you'd have dual monitors mm. uh, and play that way. Um, I used to play back in the mid nineties, a driving game with some of my buddies and we'd go over to his house each with our own systems. Uh, but he would have multiple TVs and we'd hook up our systems into these multiple TVs. That way we could all play together. Damn. That's pretty cool. That sounds fun. Yeah. Like kids today are missing out a little bit on the fun of like that, that energy of all being in the same room playing games. Uh, there's something there. You know? But I'll tell you what, when I was, I remember, I remember this because of the time I, my life is shaped by the projects that I do or, or, or big events like the birth of a child when you get married. Um, uh, but I remember being on NYPD blue and spending many, uh, nights you know, playing until two, three in the morning and having a, you know, a 6am call time, uh, playing so calm, uh, because that was, uh, for me, one of my first online experiences with uh, yeah, SOCOM was what? Xbox? No, it couldn't have been. I don't know. I, I, I'm, it was probably on multiple platforms, I would guess. Was it a I did, PlayStation game? I, 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 know I know the title. I never, was 16 I never years it. ago. Hmm. Yeah, it was 16 years ago, SOCOM. 2004. Uh, there was probably a PS2 or an Xbox. It might have been an Xbox, but uh, that was my first introduction into online play, and I was hooked. I mean, to play with multiple people and talk over the mics, and um, you know, just just uh, hours and hours went by playing playing SoCal. What fun! And it is Act 3, after Screech's sabotage worked, and we get yet another uh, ant farm reference from Screech. They just, the insect stuff is, 
is a rich vein for the, the Saved by the Bell writers at the time. We get to see Slater's plan. And, you know, he's a... Uh, we also get a second Lisa's not home joke, which does not land as hard as the first one. And as a, as a writer, I'm just going to say it felt just a little... Just a little lazy to do two Lisa's not home jokes uh, within like 10 minutes of each other in the same setting. Did you hear that, Bennett? He yeah. He called you lazy. No, just a little, just a teeny tiny, you know, he could have, whatever. No one thought we'd isn't be. It, isn't it fun, guys, to hear writers shitting on other writers? I love it. I, I got to say, I, I, it did, Bennett, talking to him last week gave me hope where I was like, well, maybe I can really go the distance in this town and like wind up like a chill, reasonably adjusted dude. Uh, like Bennett. Yeah, that was a fun interview last week. Yeah. And Screech spills the beans, which by the way, Screech has, is like the least trustworthy. Like he, this happens so much, Mark Paul. I don't know if you've clocked it already going down. It happened in Aloha Slater. Screech will just like divulge all the information to unravel a plan, almost to the point where you would think Zach would stop giving him all the information. He he is the plot device that that regularly just unspools all of his his many toilings. I guess they're, they're Slater's toilings in this case. And, you know, Belding's scolding them in his office. <laughs> and the, that will you be my daddy joke from Screech. Just a big hard no from Richard Belding. Yeah, the head shake and the jowl yeah, comedy. Yeah, it's, 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 it's show, don't tell. Uh, and we get the big finish in the max. And Belding actually, I think it's the only time I've heard anyone thank Max for letting them use this space. Belding says, thank you, Max for letting us have our very strange finale to our project in your restaurant during what I would assume would normally be like business hours. Uh, good. Thank Max. He owns a business and you guys abuse it. You use it constantly. And where are the other kids that yeah. are part of this project in yeah. the classroom? Yeah, like, okay, so I'm going to just couch my concerns that no one else in the class had to get married, which probably for the best but it seemed like they were all observers, like they were all observers of the project. Well, where the, where the heck are they now? Yeah, totally. It must be the 90s because we got some cat calls when the girls walked through the door. Yeah, they're, they're, the audience almost didn't know how to react when Kelly shows up. It, it, um, it felt like when Kelly shows up in Married with Children, like they were like kind of like hoots and hollers, but then it very quickly dies down. Uh, I thought that was kind of a funny, <laughs> funny, like someone started hooting and hollering and then they stopped. I love the wardrobe in this scene. Uh, Slater wearing the bolo tie. It's yeah. Slater and Max are matching. They're both in like blue and black. Like like Slater and Max could work at the same same event. <laughs> they get like they had to get like formally dressed up. This 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 assignment is just it's just bonkers bananas to me. Like what is going on here? I know what you're going to comment on. You're going to comment on what of one of Ed Alonzo's magic tricks coming I up. I am yeah because I have a gripe. As I have, as it has emerged on this show, uh, with him pulling out live birds, which if you know about restaurants and I guess this was before ratings, right? Like health ratings didn't start showing up till the mid late nineties. Um, you can't pull out live poultry in a in a place where you also serve food. It's not a it's a big old no no, even if it's for a magic trick. <laughs> I think if the health inspector came in, you're like, but it was for a magic trick, they would still say we're shutting you down forever. Are you okay with Ed Alonzo grabbing the beak of the duck to to quiet it? Oh yeah, I'll grab a duck's beak all day long. I don't care about that. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's not that's not where I draw the line here. <laughs> I love Belding's reaction in the background. There, <laughs> I 
just saw his face. Yeah, we have it paused at the beat grab, and Dennis Haskins has a look on his face like, boy, I took a left turn somewhere and wound up here, and I'm not quite sure how. <laughs> how did I wind up? Also, like, not only did Max let them use the restaurant, there's like fake trees as if they're dining at an outdoor bistro. It is just nuts. It is nuts what's going on in here. And, you know, Jesse doesn't, uh, Jesse doesn't appreciate Slater ordering for her and sort of these, you know, these understandable dynamics are emerging where it's like, oh, there's, this isn't going to work, which is a weird point to reach because they will later try very hard to make it work. Or I guess not try that hard. They just like become an, a couple of Bayside. Hmm. I totally forgot about that. Did, did you? I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. No, I, I, I. I know that there was. Oh, okay. The, I, when you said the, it earlier, I thought you were. Ju- I thought you were joking. I thought you were like. Being no. Like, okay. No, I. I mean, I. I knew there were. They. You know, they. They had these like little cute monikers for each other and things like that. But I never realized they actually became a couple. Oh no, they're like a full blown couple of Bayside in the same way that Zach and Kelly are. They like. Oh. After, they, after a while, they kind of just like pair you guys up, um, for the sake of do, you know. Do they ever kiss? Jesse and Slater. I'm. I'm yeah. almost certain. Unless it, I mean, I, in my mind, they do. <laughs> I don't like, I'm trying to like picture the moment. There's more weight on when Zach and Kelly have um, like romantic steps forward. Uh, that's certainly like a bigger noted thing in series. Uh, but yeah, I would think Jesse and Slater kiss. Maybe not. Maybe they don't kiss on camera. That doesn't sound right. I would think they do. But I have also been wrong every episode we've recorded, if you ask the good folks on Twitter.com. And then we get to Zach and Kelly and it's, you know, two attractive people talking. It's, it's the conversation really moves along when he asks her, so what have you been doing? She's like, oh, the usual. She's like, you know, like, like what Kelly? Like, what, what does that mean? The usual? What is, what, what has Kelly been doing? You're saying good looking people don't have to be as good at conversation as the less fortunate is what you're suggesting. That's what I'm suggesting. And then she's like, well, you know, like, what if, What about you, Zach? And I'm like, oh, I've been watching Brady Bunch reruns. That's funny. Cause she, and then she goes, oh, you always make me laugh. It's not funny. <laughs> That's a great point. As, <laughs> as someone who tries to be funny from time to time, it's not funny at all. And I'm offended uh, that, that it's so easy for her to laugh at that. Also, Zach watches, <laughs> F, Zach watches F Troop a couple episodes ago. Um, I think for Bambi, the Bambi episode, we learned Zach knows F Troop. So I guess Zach Morris uh, watches Nick at Night is what we can deduce. Brady Bunch reruns F Troop. Was Nick at Night uh, around in the uh, early 90s? I think so. Yeah, I think so. I I definitely, I mean, I remember it, but I remember it, I guess, from the very early 90s. I remember like Mary Tyler Moore show and Dick Van Dyke. And I, I remember Mr. Ed. I remember like when Nick at Night, it was really weird. At a certain point, Nick at Night started showing like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And I had like culture shock of like, oh my God, I'm, I'm aging. But yeah, I remember when it was a lot of like black and white television on Nick at Night. Are you okay with this at Alonzo magic trick? With yeah, Screech I, uh, coming the, out of the, the, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. The Screech emerging from the silver platter. Yes. I think it's good magic. And it's also, you can see it happen. Like the assistant removes the flowers from the table to reveal the hole, but Ed Alonzo covers the hole as it's being revealed. It's good magic. It's fun. I liked it. It is kind of weird, though, that he's serving a severed head of his son, though. <laughs> That's like, it's a little disturbing. Kind of spooky, I guess, for Halloween, but a little scary. That's a lot of hair on Kelly. Oh, Holy my God, hair. yeah. 
Wow, yeah. If you think there's a lot going on on the top, wait till you see the back. It's just a whole lot of it. Wow. And I'm a, I'm about to uh, finally get my kiss from my girl, and mm-hmm. then we have the 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 big bopper being a big cock blocker. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, right as, as I'm about to do that, uh, he, he comes in and, and says the project is over. How late were you up last night writing the big boppers about to be the big cock blocker? Was it like a, you call it 1130 or were you up? It, it, it literally just came to me, Dasha. Wow. Uh, but uh, not as, not as, I didn't lose sleep over it like you did with the mamas and the papas. I, I woke up in a, in a, in a fever, <laughs> a feverish sweat over, over my, not doing enough homework on the homework. Um, and you know, yes. But my joke, my joke basically wrote itself because I wrote like, as I was watching the scene, I was like, hey. And I was like, Belding, no. Big bopper. Oh yeah, big bopper. And I was like, what is he doing? He's cock blocking. Yeah. kind of rhyme. It just worked. It, it, that, that was the thinking. I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but thank you. Sometimes it's right there, you know? <laughs> that was an easy one. Yeah. Uh, oh, and also just wardrobe stuff. I noticed Zach's sleeves were rolled up on his suit jacket and it like looks I'm wondering if you did that Mark Paul because it no it I almost, didn't do that you, you don't think no. you, that was a you choice no. you think that was like no that was not yeah that was a wardrobe choice yeah that, that was not a me choice at all it like doesn't look like Miami Vice or whatever they were going for of like kind of casual formal wear it looks like a I mean that jacket is not meant to be rolled up that way I'll put it that way if you say so I'm gonna say so uh, and you know Zach and Kelly are like, their relationship is more, they're willing to give it kind of a shot, I guess, in this fake marriage, even though it's over. Uh, And that's the episode. And surprise, surprise, Mark Paul, you will later marry Kelly in Las Vegas at the very end of all everything. When the show is done and the college years and the movies, you will marry Kelly. So this episode is I remember that. I remember that because during the filming of uh, the the wedding in Las Vegas, we actually filmed that in Vegas. Yeah, and at I know. The same time we were filming, big news broke out, and we stopped production, and everyone ran towards the TV. Can you guess what big event that was? I'm gonna say OJ Simpson. OJ, there you OJ, go. Uh, the the car chase. Yep, you are wow. correct, my friend. Look at that! Look at that! That was fun for me. Again, easier than the shower question. Uh, I felt I felt good knowing knowing what that was, <laughs> uh, and that's the episode, Mark Paul. We do have homework for next week. It is called the election, and it's very weird. You would think we lined this all up, but we didn't. Uh, next week's episode just happens to be the one before the actual election. I don't know how that worked out that way. Um, I I, ass- I assume that. Our election, the one on Saved by the Bell on this podcast, will not be as tense as the one that we are going to be going through November 3rd, correct? I mean, it depends on who you ask, right? But yes, for me personally, watching the election uh, for next week's episode will not be as tense as watching the one that is unfolding uh, in the United States of America. But if you were to ask me what that show is about, the election, it would sure. have to be something about class president. Uh, and I can see that there's a, I mean, uh, my obvious choice would be Jesse Spano. Yeah, right. And uh, we, we've sort of labeled her the the liberal of the yeah. show. Um, against possibly myself, uh, Zach Morris. Yeah, you would be correct. And, uh, you know, you get involved in politics. So whatever that means to you, 
uh, that's what happens next week. I would love to see if my theory uh, that I that I threw out to Bennett Trammer, a uh, Tramer, it's Tramer. It's Tramer. Yeah, I I, I asked him because I was worried about making that mistake too. And oftentimes when I ask someone, I then make the mistake. I like can't yeah. help it. My brain is just worthless. <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you, but I'm wondering if my theory uh, sticks that uh, that Jesse being the liberal and, and Zach being the more um, red of the two. Yeah, I mean, and again, we're we're in 1989, so like Reagan, Bush, like we're kind of in this like very specific type of red, um, much as we are in a specific type of red in the year 2020. Uh, but yes, I, I look forward to your thoughts on that. That is next week. Thank you so much, Mark Paul. Thank you, the listeners. Please do your homework, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Zach to the Future is a production of Cadence 13. It's executive produced by Mark Paul Gosler, myself, and Chris Corcoran. Production and direction led by Terrence Malangone. Editing and mastering by Andy Jaskowitz. Engineering and production coordination by Sean Cherry. Artwork by Kurt Courtney with illustrations by Jeff McCarthy. Marketing is led by Josephina Francis with PR by Hilary Schuf. Thanks to the whole team at Canes 13 and to you for listening.